hamster with a blunt penknife and do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife. Can you believe I've called this podcast a hamster with a blunt penknife and I have not tripped up on the word blunt once? Yes. That's great, well, you're introducing episode four, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, someone had a bit of trouble the other day, but they, they salvaged it, thank God. <laughs> How did you find episode one of Creature from the Pit? Really enjoyed it. It was good to see it again. Um, as I say, the cliffhanger is still a bit baffling to me, but um, yeah, it's just it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's really fun. What? Really wonderful characters, and just yeah. I was going to ask you. Actually, I was going to ask you this in episode one, but we got talking, and I was sidelined. Like, what do you think people's problem with this story is? Because it's not very highly regarded. This one. Well, as I say, I mean, I, I had some reservations myself when I first saw it. I think it's the, the problem with the season is that it's compared to City of Death. Because yeah. that's so good. And then, of course, this story was after it. And, of course, the, it's not City of Death, let's be honest. It's not. Um, and, obviously, Arato is the other elephant in the room. Although, <laughs> he's not really an elephant, is he? But um, he's something else. Wow. <laughs> he has certain elephantine qualities. I think. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that lets it down a lot. I think, uh, mm. you know, the, the famous story is that Tom Baker saw the creature trundled into the studio and, of course, burst out laughing and was like, what is this? You know, but, well, they say, they mean, say on that making of, don't they? The, um, what, what, like the BBC execs coming down and asking like serious yeah. questions? Yeah, but I, I think the Matt Irvin and the team had a really impossible task. I know, I mean, I think they even said in the in the features on the disc, um, you know, we're asked to create a giant blob, which is the biggest creature in Doctor Who, bigger than Crow, probably. Yeah. <laughs> how, how even now could you, without CGI, how could you possibly, you know, create, make that look, you know, real? I, I, I can't think how you would do it. But there is a shot at the end of this episode, right, where they superimpose the Doctor and Organon, and it's like a, a model shot set uh, with yeah, the and that looks really good. Why they should have just done it all like that? Yeah, yeah, because the um, actual real life prop. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll talk about it. Just yeah, I mean they actually had to build like prongs at the front and everything to make it look less phallic, which I find hysterical. I think um, Arato, right? Arato has got nothing to be ashamed of at all. All right. Well, not in that department. No, um, it's yeah. I, I just think they had an impossible task. It was just... he, he was on the, yeah, uh, the, the monster version of Grinder, you know, and he had so many hits. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, oh, you want, yeah. do you want me to send you a dick pic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. definitely a good uh, big boy, yeah, that's for sure. That, uh, yes, and, really and it's going to be unveiled in this episode, isn't it? Like the creature in its yeah. glory. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? But I cannot believe they actually used that scene as the scene to represent the story in the Tom Baker years. <laughs> it is like, what? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, I was 10 years old when I first saw that on the Tom Baker years tape, and my initial reaction wasn't, oh my God, that looks like... Uh... <laughs> but um, obviously now... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the way it, the way it sort of feels its way through the cave. 
like kind of yeah. waving its way about. I mean, honestly, the fact that they, you know, they've started asking questions saying we cannot, like we've shot this stuff already, but this cannot continue. Because in the next episode, they tone that, that phallus has gone and it's a little yeah. less alarming. Shall we say? Yeah, I can't imagine what Christopher Barry was thinking watching this on the monitor. He, he must have been cringing, surely, thinking, oh my God. You know, you just reminded me of something, you know, like um, you mentioned Kroll. And you know those yeah. movies like Freddy versus Jason? Imagine the creature versus Kroll. Yeah, the, the biggest monster in Doctor Who um, battle. And the giant brain would have been in it from. Oh yeah. He could have <gasps> no wait. Do you remember the episode Hide when the two monsters fall in love at the end and go off together? It could be like yeah. that crow and the creature falling in love. Oh, God, oh. That, that would be a, a creature porn um, that would send ways through the universe. I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, well, we're gonna. I feel like we are gonna talk about this more in the episode. We should probably skip our way in. Will you do it again? Will you count us in? You want me to do it again? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, from Scotland, five, four, three, two, one, and let's go. Here we go. So there's the title sequence, mm -hmm. which it's the classic one, isn't it? It's the one everyone remembers. Well, I, I wasn't alive at the time, but um, it's the most famous one. For some reason, my uh, video is not playing at all. So I'm going to try and catch up with you in a second. Hang on. Oh. We were talking about technical difficulties earlier, and we're having some now. Don't you worry. <laughs> at some point, I'm going to say, right, no, 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 keep right, going, keep going. Okay. Yeah, so it's the cliffhanger. Um, and yeah, so the doctor just decides in this plan to just jump down into the pit, which seems insane to me. On he, he's never been afraid to court danger, you know. That's true. And then, of course, we find out later that it was all part of a master plan so that Adrasta wouldn't kill Romano because she needed her. So he had this all in his head, of course, this brilliant plan. But when you first see it, you just think, you're insane. <laughs> oh, K9's been smothered by the wolfbeads again. I just said K9. Smothered by the wolf beats again. K9's been smothered by the wolf weeds, and um, shall I just kick in with a Lady of Astro impression? And then <laughs> that's a nice segue. In. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so to uh, press play in five, four, three, two, one. Now, Doctor, you're bound to be cooperative. <laughs> She's got some brilliant lines in this, isn't she? Point the dog against the rock. The dog against the rock. So I'm guessing he's got to go down the pit though, right? In order for this story to progress, because he needs to go down there and investigate what's, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to say, it, he's got this, it, it turns out with this master plan to, so that she doesn't kill Romano. Um, and yeah, so now he's, <laughs> now he's another, I believe this is a Douglas Adams edition where he gets the Tibetan handbook out, is it? <laughs> Really? A Douglas Allen? No, you're not you're joking. Yeah, me. <laughs> no, it, the there was one of them where he gets up. Uh, no, no. You're, you're absolutely right. This teach yourself to better. This is all Douglas Adams, I swear. <laughs> Don't interrupt, dear. <laughs> 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 
I like this bit in the second where she kicks the leaves down and that's enough to knock him off the side of the wall. <laughs> yes. She throws a, a bit of rocks down and get... But that is still being shot on film there. And yeah. it still looks terrific. Yeah, I mean, it, it even got little bits of the weed there and, and little branches and everything. Or and is it just a bit here? Well, you can see that they're inside like a pit in Ealing because he shoots up yeah. in a minute, doesn't he? And you see her staring down. Yeah, I mean, this pit, as I say, though, for a rattle to be in this pit, you'd think that that shaft and with the rope and everything must be really deep. But he doesn't regenerate in this time. He just falls down the pit. Which, hmm, could you see it as a, you know, an omen for, for a Lagopolis? I don't know if anyone's ever said that. I've just sort of put that out there. <laughs> well, when he falls down that pit, I think he is then introduced to two of the best guest characters in all of Doctor Who. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Who's amazing, but also the creature. As well. <laughs> yeah, he's a character all of his own. K9 has been mummified. Yeah. I have a use for her. Oh, I bet she does. <laughs> she just been getting, she must have walked this strip. She's just given such broad, you know, really lined you sink your teeth into it with this. It's... She says in the commentary that she <laughs> she had to go to a, for a coffee with Tom Baker and he made her go in full makeup and outfit to this coffee shop uh, around yeah. the corner. <laughs> yeah, I read about that. I mean that is just Oh, I would have loved to take that, been there and seen a photo of that. Going into the local cafe, yeah, just two coffees, please. Yeah. <laughs> one of them, Doctor Who, and the other one's a transfer. So she just kicks some moss onto his face. Imagine if he'd fallen down that pit and regenerated. Because let's be honest, he does fall off something and regenerate in the next season. Yeah, yeah, as I say, maybe it was a precursor. Oh, oh we, I think we just heard the rattle rumbling there. Did you see, did you see those bones covered in. in um... Cob, like cobwebs at the back of the set there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's the... So a lot of them didn't obviously survive the fall. I mean, they're saying that Arato ate them, but he wasn't eating anybody, as he says later. Just, they just fell and died, I think. I think these scenes are pretty suspenseful until the creature oh. is emerges. Oh, that is a good bit. What's that thing in the pit? We call it the creature. <laughs> That's original. I mean, the, the title of the story is sort of, you can't get any more than, the, than it being on the tin, you know, what it says on the tin, you know, the creature from the pit. I wonder what it's about. But I think that is to, like deliberately like uh, simple dialogue. Like, like it's supposed to be funny, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry about your friend, my dear, believe me. But you're look at her. She's, she's <laughs> loving this, look. Looking oh, at herself in the mirror. Oh yeah, she's, she's not even. You can't even see any hair that she's got. To, she's not got hair. She's got this sort of head scarf thing on. So what's she doing? And in a minute, she clouts Romana around the face like you would not believe. Oh, oh she gets violent. Oh yeah. To be fair, I, Dave, I know a lot of women, you know, and it's it's not an uncommon occurrence. Oh, Yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't know why, but when the companions are physically hurt like that, it just adds a bit of danger, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it it's, makes it real, you know. I mean, look at poor K9. I know. They've obviously sprayed the cold waves on them that day. Do you think there's yeah, like there's I'm, like I'm a? I'm thinking of David earlier, but David Berry just yeah, it's just not the same, is it? It's no, it's funny because like you, you could hear John Leeson saying the same lines, and they would be very likable, but coming with that kind of master <laughs> kind of voice, it's. He just comes yeah. across as a pretentious twat. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Oh, here we go. He's doing some content. See, now look, that, so he, we went straight from film to studio there as he went through that tunnel. Mm. I don't, I think because it's quite sympathetically lit, I don't think it's quite as jarring as it sometimes can be. No, it, it, the jump isn't that noticeable, actually. Um, as in other stories, as you say. Um, Oh, 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 there he is. my word. There, there he is. The first gleaming appearance. You see, you see where it's sort of bulging out of the wall there, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. What's fail you, don't they? They're just, you know, oh, my God. The dick <laughs> of death. That's what I should have called this. <laughs> it's just, oh, my God. Me, Matt Urban... His team, I mean, uh, oh god, oh, that so, oh, weasel's here. Oh, Jeffrey Bowden, who was approached by the first doctor, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Um, that would have been interesting. I, I don't think he would have played it that much different from Hartnell, actually. Well, I wonder though, I question whether, um, had Bowden because he was a healthier man and a younger man, yeah, yeah. If, the, if the show would have, um needed Patrick Troughton and run on and on and on if he'd have played it. It may have come to a natural yeah. end. It's point. an interesting motive, isn't it? Um, I mean, I haven't listened to the audios because he, he was an alternative first Doctor and Big Finish, wasn't he, in the Unbound series, but I've not listened to his ones. Oh, okay. Do yourself a favour. Prioritise that because they're, one, they're great stories, like fantastically well-directed stories, but he's really good, like very, very engaging. Yeah, I've, I've only listened to the, um, you know, the, it's, I just went out of my head, um, something for the devil. And, oh, um, the Unbound stories. Yeah. But I've not listened to the Bernie Summerfield ones for him. Uh, I've only, and Masters of War, is it? The one yeah. he does with Ambrose. Dave, you don't have enough hours in your life to listen to it all. There's a lot of it. <laughs> no, that, that, <laughs> you found the same thing, obviously, doing your reviews that there's just so much big finish now you just have to prioritize which ones do you really want to listen to i mean that's it's oversaturated now a bit i love them but it's it, you can't listen to them all it's impossible well i well without going on too much of a tangent as well i feel like that the fact that they bring out so many stories now like the quality from when they started when it was one a month to mm -hmm. now where it's it, it it's it's not going in the right direction i'll just say that Oh, we've just missed the uh, uh, organ on doing his introduction there. Astrologer! <laughs> oh, can you say the whole thing? Come on. Oh, God. Um, no, unfortunately, I can't remember. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the past. No, way. The future foretold. The past explained. The present. Yeah. Oh, God. Apologise for. Apologise for. <laughs> that's it. A police box affair. What about your prophecy? 
I love, I love how Tom Baker he does it later as well. He says address, and he goes Adrasta. <laughs> the lady Adrasta. And this could have been like a really dreadful bit part character, and what he does yeah. with it is so charming. Yeah, he just adds so much color to it, doesn't he? he just he adds so many layers to it. And you know, like the stories of Tom Baker meeting Beatrix Lehman in Stones of Blood, and yeah. like you can always tell when he's coming up against an actor that he respects because he plays the scenes like as written. He does it with um, I don't know, I can't remember if he has um, any major scenes with her, but with well, obviously with the double act later on with Adrasta and Carella, you can tell the same thing when he spinks her off him. Lala Ward says that uh, uh, Tom Baker adored Eileen Way. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, he seemed to have um, he loved sort of older women actors. Yeah, older ones as well. I think you know, like yeah, yeah, like as you say, Amelia Romford and. Did you hear that? He said, I said to Adrastra, and it would come from beyond the stars. Where did you come from? Oh, from beyond the stars. Oh, so I was right. <laughs> oh, the, the worst astrologer in the world, but you would you just believe him, wouldn't you? You'd just go, okay. Yeah, I've been to a few fairgrounds, you know, with like fortune readers that looked a bit like that. <laughs> Right, so we're back at the bandits here. So which one did you oh. say was maybe a bit cute? Uh, on the left, look. Not cute, but like acceptable. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's, yeah, 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 I get it. Consider yourself. Oh mate. <laughs> Consider yourself. One of the family. Uh, I always remember the um the, the reference guys used to bring out one for every doctor in the early nineties. I think it was Howden Walker and somebody uh, else in the yeah, house, house Stammers and Walker, yeah. And they've done a review of this story and they and they basically panned it and said, you know, like it's the Monty Python, you know, brigade and all the rest of it, which is a bit harsh, but they do like the Monty Python um, guy at the beginning, you know, he does the <laughs> Well, and Chris Barry directed the mutants, right? And the, do you remember yeah. the right at the beginning, the character that's like going through on Solos? He looks yeah, like it as well. That was even more of a, you know, a deliberate sort of homage. Yeah. So they've got this master plan. Is this the, the part of the master plan where they're going to go to the palace? Oh, yeah, it's not properly guarded because she's... I've got to be honest, I kind of phone out during these scenes and start just going, you know, uh, consider yourself. <laughs> oh, mate. And... <laughs> But as I say, the plan's got a flaw. They've got all metal, but they're suddenly going to be listened to. I think it would be a bit more difficult than that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I Osman gives us some backstory here. He says that obviously metal scares, they've mined out this mine, and then they've chucked him in the pit. Um, so, so she monopolises all the metal on the planet, and that how she maintains control. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that. The but these bandits have got some of it, obviously, and they're wanting to get the rest of it. So that I'm assuming everyone would come to them for help. I need this my back garden, you know, lawn done. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give you metal to do that, you know. But surely you could just mine anywhere on the planet and get metal. You think so? Yeah. Apparently, this is the only mine on the whole planet, okay. so. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's go with it, all right? We'll go with it for the sake of the story. Oh. oh it's coming. How big is it? 
I want to talk about, and I, it's more in episode three about Tom Baker's yeah. performance when he's communicating with the creature because oh, he's oh, yeah. not overplaying that. He is playing it for real. Though. No, no, but like, I know it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous situation he's in, but he, he's doing it for real. And I think fucking props to him, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, Tom, um, certainly most of the time is playing it completely straight. You know, he's, he's, He's not a problem with it, and certainly in this season, but he's, you know, he's not, he very rarely goes over the top for me, which might sound controversial. In fact, I think the bit in the Nightmare of Eden when he goes, my everything, ah! I think that was, it's like, okay, right. <laughs> but, David, oh, 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 he comes again. can oh, I tell oh, you a story? I want to tell you a story now, right? When I was 18, and uh, I've been down to uh, Revenge in Brighton, which is like a big gay night up in Brighton, and I pulled this 30 year old bloke, right? And he came back to my mum's house and she'd gone to bed. And we was in the living room and, you know, things were getting a bit, you know, how they get when you're 18 and someone's 30. And anyway, he, he took his, all his clothes off, right? And he came at me like the creature in that scene, yeah? With the most enormous phallus you've ever seen in your life. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you ain't seen it. And he literally waddled towards me just like the creature, like that. And I'd said, mate, you ain't coming anywhere near me with that thing. No way, mate. I, I'm not going to say yeah. what happened next, but I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> but that's what I think of yeah. when I see that big dick. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not um, surprised if you want to have to tell me that story. Um, yes, there, is, there are times when it can be too big, but we'll leave it at that list. <laughs> <laughs> I, find, I find now... Oh, she's... Oh! She's trying to escape, but unfortunately... <laughs> that literally buys into the criticism though doesn't it that canine is essentially a walking gun like like the doctor's got a weapon yeah i mean we know that obviously john nathan turner decided to bin him the next year because it gets the doctor out of too many situations but do you remember the quote? Oh, he couldn't get rid of the canine. do you remember the quote in the in the uh, documentary where he goes <clears throat> yes the dog I wanted shot of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe that Tom Baker was obviously getting a bit. He loved John Leeson, but he hated. I think it was giving him house feet me and all that. Oh, 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 I'm oh, getting oh, flashbacks oh. of that man again. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, this has to be the rudest creature Doctor Who. I'm sorry. After watching Creature from the Pit and that experience with that man, I'm telling you now, average is best. <laughs> I, I I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be very rude. And then he's going after it. It's gone. It's gone. I can't remember the cliffhanger to this, and I only watched it this morning. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's oh god, it's um, the doctor gets a bit close uh... to that when he gets. <laughs> he's being like he's being like teabagged, isn't he, by massive green balls. That's right. Yes. Somehow he doesn't get squashed today. Oh. He survives. He survives. I don't think there's any way of talking about this story and not being a bit rude, right? Like, well, I mean, I, I would defy anyone to watch this and think it doesn't look like anything else. I, you know. Like, could you imagine like a nun watching this? <laughs> you know. You're mad. He's mad. It's all been too much He's for him. Wait for me, doesn't he? he goes, Wait for me, I'm sure he's 
I mean, <laughs> let, let's be honest. This is pure pantomime, isn't it? He's talking oh, to himself. It's, he's it's a coward. It's you know. But it's so it's enjoyable. Oh, my word. Oh, I mean, yeah. See, you're entertained. This isn't this story isn't a heaven saying or a genesis of the Daleks, but it's just so enjoyable. Like, you know, you're not going to watch it and you know not smile. Can I tell you a secret though? I easily get this off my shelf more often than Heaven Sent and Genesis of the Daleks. I do as well. Yeah, it's. Don't want the perspiration on his face, you know. Yeah. And he's still playing it for real. He's he's not. Yes. <laughs> What's it doing down here? Just sitting around. There's not much of a life, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, and obviously, Arato's lifespan is much longer than on a human. What do people on this planet call? I guess they're called the Chlorians or <laughs> the Chlorians, the Midi Chlorians. There you go. <laughs> oh, there's Carella. I like the fact that she's got like that little dagger. She's she's a dangerous yeah, bitch, you know. Yeah. Holds one of the bandits later. She's um you don't mess with her. I've only got one thing to say to you, Dave. Correction! I am not made of tin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Can I let you in a little secret? I did K9 and Company last week and I redid the theme tune just with David Brearley going, K9! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've not watched that in years. I don't yeah. know much about it. I'd love to check that out again. Do yourself a favour. Don't. No one survives <laughs> <laughs> no the pit they're constantly seeing here. Canella's just so bloodthirsty. I love it. Just let's just go into the pit and kill him and kill any and kill the thing. Do you reckon as well? Like, had... there we go. Point the dog against the rock. <laughs> oh, that is the line, isn't it? It's. Um, I absolutely refuse. If... I don't know why I'm thinking German there. <laughs> <laughs> So right, whenever I do my other raft accent, he's Belgian, and I sound like I'm Indian for some reason. He doesn't sound Indian at all. <laughs> oh, oh my word! See, see that big long shot as you see there? That doesn't look that bad. That no. one. Do you know what um, happens in this season? Is Douglas Adam? He doesn't want to do your traditional monster stories, right? So in yeah. Destiny of the Daleks, he has two sets of robots, and it's all about logic. In uh, City of Death, he has a character that's splintered through time, that, which is really interesting. In this, it's an amorphous blob, which is actually the good guy. In Nightmare of Eden, it's the mandrels, and they're, oh, spoiler, they're the drug that everyone's using in that story. Horns of Nymon, um, you're supposed to believe it's just like an individual, isn't it? Or, or two, no, just one person. And it's a whole, like, he's doing interesting things with the monsters. Unfortunately, they just can't realise them particularly yeah well. it, it does interesting things with them it, it, it does things that makes it more than just oh here's the big baddie of the week and we need to kill him sort of thing he, he does yes you say interesting things oh i think we're coming up the cliffhanger here i think oh, uh, he's, he's edging closer he's following the i'm assuming that because that was uh, sort of breathing and growling earlier was it so i'm assuming they're hearing the growl and what do you oh. remember do you remember in episode one when the wolf weeds were on top of him and in a minute, mm -hmm. Arato's on top of him. I'm wondering if Graham Williams just said, just torture the bugger. He's unbearable now. <laughs> just do terrible things to him. Yeah, I mean, they didn't um, have the most, you know, 
seamless relationship yeah. while it was on, didn't they? It, it, it was uh, they locked heads quite a few times. You use very kind words there, Dave. Very kind <laughs> words indeed. Creatively, yeah. They, I mean, creatively, they didn't get on, did they, all the time? And... Well, he says in one of the interviews, um, and he's got his blazing Tom Baker eyes, and he's going, you know, yeah. I like a bit of creative tension, you know. I bet you did. Oh, he must have been. I mean, especially in season 18, when you hear the stories, he must have been intimidating to work with because he was just the, the state of mind he was in at the time. Well, do you, don't you remember that that sequence that's on the Leisure Hive DVD where he goes, oh, and I'll I'll pick up this fucking dreary prop and throw it over there. And you're like, jeez, yeah. is that what he was like on set? Like, He seemed to be one of these actors that, you know, if you could get on his right side, there wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But if he pissed him off, then you he, he would piss him off. Get out of the way, quick. I feel like they've been walking around these tunnels for some time now, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought it would have been that difficult to find them. <laughs> oh, oh we here go. we go. Oh, and oh, the, the, some of the, the gaps are back. That shot there, that's terrific. <laughs> you can tell which bit is the bit that's the real prop, though. I mean, imagine as a director being presented with that. <laughs> you've got to shoot it's it now the Valentine, though, at this point i've noticed he's just got the i can't think i don't think you see it um, when he gets squashed here this it must be sticking it on the other side but can you think of anything more doctory than him refusing to be intimidated and walking up and saying hello to an enormous yeah. blobby monster oh, oh he's been on the scarf and oh uh, 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 oh no oh tom, tom. oh I'm no going. the highlight of your career <laughs> Oh bless I, I mean, him! I, I wonder what Tom Baker thought because you know how he's got always the reputation for going this horse shit <laughs> and all this. Um, when he read the script to this, and you're going to get squashed by the creature. Ah, okay. <laughs> they probably waited till after lunch because famously he went to the pub at lunchtime, didn't he? And he was oh, probably yeah, pissed yeah. as a fart and said, "Right now we're going to do the squash scene. Oh, yeah, I'll do I'm anything. I am the doctor." <laughs> I still, I still think though, I, I, I have my biggest issues with episode three. I think because there's a bit too much of the bandits, and that's the only stuff I, I can't really get behind. I still think that was really good. Yeah, it's again the characters. It's a dress, and everything just being great. 